Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. The uh, title of the talk is Remembering What We Know. <clears throat> the practice that we're doing here is often called insight meditation. <clears throat> and it's a wonderful thing that insights do happen from time to time. You can't plan them. You can't sit down and say, I want to have an insight. It doesn't work. <clears throat> or going on a retreat okay, I bought my ticket, let's get those insights flowing. Uh, it's not how it works, but what generally happens as you're just practicing mindfulness, as you're just having the intention to be present for your experience, as challenging an exercise as that is, uh, as you connect with the present, as you let go of trying to figure anything out, as you stop trying to solve any problems or uh, develop any kind of states, just the very simple act of noticing that you're sitting here breathing or knowing that you're sitting or hearing a sound or feeling a sensation in the body or feeling the mood that you happen to be experiencing or even noticing thoughts coming and going. Just that simple act of presence creates a space in the mind, which is very different than the figuring out mode, the trying to understand mode. And that space that comes from simply being centered and interested in our experience has a mysterious byproduct where in that space, that spaciousness of mind, which is so different from the contraction of mind that comes from either thinking about what's going to happen or remembering the past or being lost in some kind of story in our mind, that spaciousness allows for goodness to shine through, love, compassion to shine through, and wisdom and understanding to shine through. And so it's very common that when you're least expecting it, sometimes connections get made and there's a sense of, oh, aha, either memories, things that you haven't thought about for 30 years, something comes up and hits you in a new way. Or maybe you see some 
patterns of thought that hadn't been clear before and you see, oh, that's how I get caught. Or you understand some underlying principles of reality. Oh, look how everything is changing. Oh, look at how, what happens when I try to hold on to changing experience. And these various insights shine through. That's why it's called insight meditation. I'm curious, how many people here have had some kind of aha experience, whether in the middle of a meditation or just as they're doing the meditation practice over time, connections start happening and you're seeing things with fresh eyes. Anybody have that experience? Oh, good. Yeah. And it can even be something, you know, you could be relatively new at this. This is not just limited to people who've been doing it for a long time. Actually, often when you're on the newer side, you, you really start seeing things in a new way because you, ha- you hadn't looked at them before. So those aha experiences are really gifts, amazing grace, one could say. And the, the name for um, the meditation besides mindfulness meditation or insight meditation, as most of you know, is called vipassana meditation. And vipassana is a Pali word that simply means to see things clearly. So instead of the contraction and confusion and the distortions of reality, that as that spaciousness comes, oh, you can start seeing what's been here all along, except that we've been too much lost in our heads to notice it. And when we do have these aha moments or see things in a new way, have an insight, um, it gives us faith in the practice. Oh, there's something to this. It gives us faith in mindfulness and you somehow keep on being drawn to it. Even if you don't have an insight, if nothing else, then you just notice I'm a little bit lighter. Even my mind has been all over the map for the last 30 or 40 minutes or 10 minutes, I'm just a little bit easier and more connected. Wow, that's a good feeling. And as you start seeing this new perspective, having a a familiarity with uh, that spaciousness or a real insight pops through either about your personal history or about life, Um, it's a very exciting thing. Sometimes it can happen slowly over time where you just sense that something is happening and sometimes it can happen in a moment, whether it's greater trust or kindness or compassion. Now, the tricky part in this is that mm, the law of impermanence comes in 
and applies to insight as well as to everything else. And so you have a maybe a really neat experience. Maybe you're seeing something new and you get really excited and thinking, wow, my practice is really going well now. And sooner or later, everything changes, including that high that comes from the insight. Gee, it was so clear last week. I am just just as caught as I've ever been now. I can't believe it. It seemed like the 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 the, the sea was parting and I really understood or my heart was so open and connected and and now it's it's like it was never that way. Oh yeah, this is the old me. And we find ourselves stuck again. At least that's how it can seem. And then it gets it can get even more confusing uh, because you're humbled, you thought you understood, and now you don't. And then there can easily be the the thought, oh, I, I can't believe I'm stuck again, especially if you've been doing this for a long time. There you are practicing for 10 years or 20 years or longer. I can't believe I'm in the same place. Did I learn anything over these decades? And this is, as probably many of you are quite familiar with, um, adding on the second arrow on top of the first, as the teaching says. The Buddha talks about the pain that can come, either physical pain or mental, emotional pain, when we're caught in grasping or anger or some kind of mind state or physical state. And that's difficult enough. That's the first arrow. Ow, this hurts. And then the second arrow on top of that is how pathetic I am for getting caught again. And there's judgment and there's frustration stuck in that thought pattern. Oh, no. And it gets really confusing. And this can be subtle or obvious. Sometimes when you have a really sweet, delicious experience, that's when the second arrow uh, is right behind. Uh, On my very first retreat, this is in uh, 1974, and I was so... um, excited and new about, feeling new about practice. And I had this one meditation where it was the first time that it didn't matter if the bell never rang. You ever have one of those? Wow, I could just sit here forever. It was so sweet and connected and centered and felt like I was breathing out, the universe was breathing in. I was breathing in, the universe was breathing out. It was just, it could have gone on forever. Um, And uh, I got so excited, I couldn't wait to 
to tell my teacher in an interview. <clears throat> However, uh, over the course of the next few days, I found myself in many, many different states from that sweet, delicious moment. I was, it crashed, I was confused, I then got centered again, I was happy, I lost it, and I was sleepy, and finally I went into my uh, interview with Joseph Goldstein, my teacher, and I said, hey, I had it a couple of days ago, and I lost it. Could you help me? And uh, I was very grateful that on this first retreat, I got one of the most important teachings where he shared, he writes about this in in uh, one of his books, he said, well, let me tell you something. I know what you're going through. I said, really? He said, yeah, only I had it a whole lot worse than a couple of days. He said, at one point in my practice, I was sitting, he'd been sitting for a, number, a few years in, in India. He's practiced in India for about seven years. That was the main thing that he did, his period of intensive training and there was one time in his practice where he'd sit down and his body was filled with light and his mind was crystal clear and it was really cool. And then he came back and visited his family for, uh, for a, a month or so, came back, coming back to the States um, and kind of sloughed off his... Uh, his meditation practice, knowing he was going to go back to India. And when he went back and he sat down and he remembered what it was like before he left, he said, I sat down and my, my mind was like mud and my body was like twisted steel. Those were his words. And then he said, I spent nearly two years trying to recapture that experience. Even though my teachers said, just be with things as they are, there was a part of me that wanted to get that, that I wasn't admitting to myself. He said, two years. And then his words were, I'll never forget, I was the dummy. I did it for you. You don't have to be the dummy like that. I said, thank you very much, Joseph. But we get caught in holding on to uh, not only sweet, delicious experiences, but even more, um, we get frustrated when the understandings and the insights and the wisdom um, seems to disappear. And then there's doubt, confusion, and judgment that take their place. And when those are happening with those contracted states. It's impossible to see clearly. How could you? How could you get in touch with the wisdom of spaciousness and interconnectedness when you're lost in confusion? Why am I not experiencing what I did a few days ago? So it's something to just keep in mind. This is what I want to talk about. It's so easy to lose it, 
think we've lost it, to forget what we knew a little while before. There's a saying in India, says, even a 93-year-old saint isn't safe. Even a 93-year-old saint who has seen the light in one moment can get caught and there they are, identified with their experience. Hey, I'm a 93-year-old saint. You know? And there's ego, and then they get confused and lost. Mm-hmm. And until you're fully enlightened, you can get lost. So, wouldn't it be wonderful if somehow we could remember what we've seen and what we know to be true and have it available to us. I'm not talking about the bells and whistles of a sweet meditation experience. I'm talking about the understandings that sometimes we've been fortunate enough to open up to. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could remember what we already know to be true in those moments where we have forgotten. And I'm here to suggest that possibly we can. Actually, the word sati, which is usually translated as mindfulness, the Satipatthana Sutta is the discourse, the Buddha's discourse on the foundations of mindfulness. The word sati, S-A-T-I, usually translated as mindfulness, literally means to remember. That's all. Just remember. And I've mentioned the book Be Here Now. I mentioned a little while ago when I was saying about Jai uh, Utah. Re- the, the book Be Here Now, that one that changed my life. The actual title of Be Here Now is Remember Be Here Now. Once you remember, oh yeah, being here, that's a good idea. But we can be lost for ages until somehow we miraculously remember. And that's the process of what we're learning here in practice to remember more and more that being here in the present moment is where it's at. Being here in the present moment is the refuge. And you don't have to have any kind of profound understandings. Just being here in the present moment, to remember to come back to the present moment is all you need. And then everything follows from that. <clears throat> and what we're doing in this process as we deepen our practice is more and more um, coming back sooner and sooner over time. I've often said here, even after doing this for all these years, press the right button and I can be back in third grade, lost, feeling small, judging, insecure, but what's very different now than all those years ago is don't get lost for that long. 
just for a little while. Oh, yeah, tape 17, paranoia. I know that one. <clears throat> and there's a place that one can come back to, that you're all developing in your own practice, that's more and more familiar, that's home. And so that's the process. And I wanted to share with you what really motivated me to share this talk. Well, there were a couple of things, but this was the first one, and then I kept on having these conversations. Sometimes it happens like that. You have a particular theme, and it seems like the universe is giving you these messages from different places. But um, this is um, an email that I just got a few days ago from a friend, a young woman, uh, lives in Europe, who's done a lot of practice over the last, I've known her for about four or five years now. She sat the two-month retreat this year, and she did uh, last year, uh, sitting the two-month retreat at, at Spirit Rock that we do. She sat six weeks uh, this fall in Massachusetts, and um, she sits with me each summer when I go out to um, uh, teach in Germany and Austria. She's really into it, and I'm not saying that you need to do this, but when you have a deep calling, which she does, right now this is the, the her internal life is... Um, is calling her even more than... She does stuff out in the world, but she's in this very deep period of practice. And, um, and I've worked with her for the last number of years, really inspiring uh, and um, great mind, and can get caught in self-doubt and in judgment and all the places that one can get caught in. Uh, and... She's been looking at it and understanding it more and more and more. And she really turned a corner uh, last, last year. It was quite beautiful to see. Anyway, she wrote me, and I have permission to, to share this. I, I asked her, and she said, yeah, it's fine. She wrote me this um, email a few days ago. I want to read some to you. Mm. March, she sat February with me and then continued in the second month in March. And she was filling me in. March was hard work. The self-doubt increased and brought along its siblings comparing and not good enough. It's fascinating how this self-doubt keeps finding a way in and making itself sound plausible and then pile up so much debris of selfing and suffering all around. And then one beautiful afternoon, it was just a bunch of thoughts that I could either buy into or not. And it was at least 40% less painful right there and then and lost some of its solid footing. And then she says, when I got home, I wrote this little note to myself to maybe use in the future. And she writes, Dear future me, caught in resistance, boredom, 
doubt or self-doubt, etc. I know it may not seem this way right now, but it's worth it. Really, really worth it. And it's working. And you're not doing it all wrong. In fact, you can't really not do it right. Your intention is powerful. Even if you may not recognize it at the moment, sometimes it goes a bit undercover. But believe me, it's there, and that's all that matters. You're doing great, and you're so wonderful, and I love you, and I'm so grateful that you are doing this. And I'm right there beside you with a lot of faith and compassion. Lean on it wherever you need it, whenever you need it. All will be well. There is only one direction this can go. I was really moved by not only what she wrote, but the idea of writing a note to yourself when you know in time you're going to lose it. If you have it there, if you were carrying it around in your wallet and you knew that when you got lost, there was a magic remedy in your wallet waiting to remind you and you pulled it out and said, oh, dear future me, you're doing fine. It's okay. Keep on going. And that's what we're doing in in this way that I just want to underscore that we can do this for ourselves. That once you see the path is going in the right direction, once you have trust, faith in it, and just know that you're facing in the right direction, that's the key. Then all you need to do is bring your sincerity to the show. There's a a line I love from uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, who was a Supreme Court justice, um, a really good Supreme Court justice, um, and a a writer and philosopher. He says, um, a mind stretched by a new idea does not shrink back to its original dimensions. A mind stretched by a new idea does not shrink back to its original dimensions. And now, this is the other side of, well, wait a second, you just said you can lose it. Well, you can lose it, you can forget, but there's a place in you that has seen a new way. And even though it might be obscured by the confusion, by the fears, by the doubts, it's in there someplace 
you have a new reference point of home. It's just being obscured for a while. And it's not only a mind stretched by a new idea, but actually it's a body being stretched by a new idea as well. Because this is where our insights actually get anchored and understand. When you had whatever insight you had, I'll do this in a little while, there was probably a whole experience that came with it, if it was impactful. Sometimes on retreat, mentioned this here before, somebody comes into uh, to an interview and talks about something that they experienced the day before. You know, it was just so amazing. All of a sudden, I was just doing my walking meditation. I took this step, and it became so clear that my mind has a mind of its own. Or it became so clear that we're all really connected in a way that I never experienced before. And I'll encourage the person at that time to revisit it. Let's go back there. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, it was so good. Okay, yeah, but that was yesterday, and, and now I, you know, I shouldn't get attached to, to things. They're already gone. No, 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 no. Let's go back there. Let's just remember. Do you remember where you were? Yeah. Do you remember as you were taking that step? Oh, yeah, it was so neat. There I was. And as they're talking about it, I'm getting an energetic hit of it. I'm getting a transmission, which means that they're experiencing it again. And as they experience it again, just hang out there. Just rest there. And notice how it feels in your body, in your mind, in your heart. Just let the whole experience impact you, register in your awareness, because that becomes a doorway to that understanding. As I mentioned on a retreat many years ago in the uh, cafeteria, uh, the dining room at uh, Insight Meditation Society in Massachusetts, there I was stirring a cup of cafex in tea time, just stirring it around, And I looked inside and saw this swirl of bubbles. And it was both the galaxies and atoms and everything in between. And I saw impermanence in a way that I'd never seen it before. It's, I can't put it into words, but all of a sudden, I saw the, or realized, understood that everything from the smallest subatomic molecule to uh, subatomic uh, particle to uh, to the the vast galaxies are in continual flux, 
And all I have to do, as I, even I'm talking about it right now, is think about stirring that cup of kaffix. And there it is again. Oh, I saw it. I know that's true. And we all have that experience as well. It's the same kind of principle that when you hear a song from your junior high or you hear a commercial jingle from when you were a kid and you're right back there, either in school or in, uh, in front of your TV at home as a kid with your, your parents saying, you know, do your chores or whatever it is. It's right there that music has that experience and that effect on us that it can awaken an understanding inside. And the same can be had with insights as well. And so not to dismiss them as just something that's happened in the past, but to honor them as something that can be awoken by a simple uh, reflection. There's a, a saying in hearing the teachings, we hear the Dharma, we understand the Dharma, we realize the Dharma, and then we be the Dharma, where it's an embodied understanding moving from the head to the full connection and embodied um, impact of wisdom. Mm. So I want to um, share with you uh, this little exercise. Okay. Go inside for a moment. And see if you can get in touch with some moment of understanding that gave you trust or faith in your meditation practice, or perhaps it wasn't in your meditation practice, but a moment where you opened up and saw things in a new way. Maybe through some event, there was a great learning that happened. Or maybe through some conversation or hearing a talk or reading in a book, that something just hit you in a way that said, oh, wow. And just go back there and remember it. Remember how it touched you. And as you recall it, without needing to go for bells and whistles, just let yourself enjoy that understanding. Yeah, that really happened. 
just revisit it right now. And get in touch with what you wish you could remember from that understanding. It's in there someplace. And from time to time, you revisit it. Just hang out with it now and put it in a few words as you recall in your body, oh yeah, I did see that. I do understand that. And maybe right now in your mind, write a little note to your future self. when you get lost, just to remind yourself what you already know. And now what I would invite you to do is um, just turn, if you feel like it, to one or two people near you, and without getting into all the, uh, the details, just describe as best you can that understanding that you might have gotten in touch with and what it felt like or feels like as you remember it. And there's something about both witnessing others and being witnessed that can anchor it that much more for you and make it more available to you. So we'll just do this for the next few minutes and then we'll come back. There's a few more things I want to share and we can open up a conversation. Just turn to uh, one or two people and uh, share your insight, your understanding, remembering what you already know. Need more time? Who needs more time? Okay, so uh, start wrapping up. Thank your partners, if you like, and let's come on back. So first, before we... Uh, we go on. Uh, anything that came up from that that uh, you'd like to share? What was it like to revisit it and and feel it in in your body?
reassuring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hold on just one second, Paul. It's just reassuring, that's all. I, uh, it was actually um, during the first lesson I had when you used to give six lessons, and I missed the first, when you used to give six lessons, I missed the first one, I came in on the second one. And he went, wow, I'm so into this already. And uh, uh, and then on the first retreat, after about three or four days, I really had a very blissful experience. And uh, uh, I was just uh, so happy that I had find a, found a spiritual practice because I had stopped practicing my religion of origin for about 30 years. I hadn't done any spiritual work. And so it just felt great to be so spiritually connected again. Mm-hmm. Probably in, well, in probably as strong a way as when I was very young. And what was that? Probably, probably as, I was very connected when I was very young in, mm-hmm. in my Christian religion. Uh, and then you reconnected? Yeah, I reconnected in a much more, in a much bigger way, I would say. Mm-hmm. Much, much bigger way. So it was very it was nice to recall that because sometimes I, sometimes I take it for granted where I am now, and I don't remember that yeah. opening back then. Yeah, that, that's what happens. We kind of get adapted to where we are, not realizing how far we've come. The, the Dalai Lama has a very good suggestion. He says, you know, if people are impatient with their practices, uh, their practice, uh, instead of looking back, oh, from last month to to now or last week to now, well, am I getting any wiser or better? It just seems like I'm in the same place. Look over five or ten year periods and you see the the growth and development uh, from those those times. You can't be impatient with about it. But it's reassuring to know that that's in there. Uh, well, I it was very pleasurable to remember um, uh, and to and also to talk about it with my two partners here because it really um, kind of filled it out for me more talking about it. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 became um, uh, even though I felt I wasn't being terribly articulate, <laughs> um, it felt like it, I I. I I felt the fullness of the of the experience, um, and um, felt like yes, I can revisit. I can revisit this. Mm-hmm. This is something um, something good. <laughs> All you had to do was just remember and and share about it, and there it was again. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, we had sort of a, a little insight here in just our discussion uh, about it because <clears throat> she was talking to me about how she uh, writes things, and but it jumps from topic to topic, and uh, and and got some advice 
that maybe she should focus on one topic at a time. But then I realized I do the same thing. Um, I have a lot of topics I'm interested in, but I find that I don't really want to write anything about that topic unless I have this energy, if I have some kind of insight that motivates me to actually engage it again, you know? So I'll drop it for a while, and then something will come up and say, ah, all right, let's write some more, kind of a thing. So it's Mm. like continual insights, you know, over time. Continual insights, yeah. What's interesting is that um, something that I always love about the Buddha's teachings, saying that it's right inside of you. In if you you hear somebody might give a an inspiring talk, or uh, you read in a book, uh, or talking with a wise friend, and it touches you, it can easily you can easily be fooled into thinking, oh gosh, they're so wise. But really what happens is it's touching you in a place that says, yes, that makes complete sense to me. And so it's just either awakening something that's been in there all along or reminding you of something that you forgot. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. You ever hear a talk and it's like you're saying, oh, yeah, that I, that's how I see it too. Only they're saying it in a way that's kind of impacting you. But that's where the wisdom is. It's right inside of you. And so you don't have to worry that, oh, I've lost it. You can't lose it. It's in there. That's why the Buddha taught. He said, Look inside and awaken what you have come into this world with. The, the seed of, of, of awakening is right in there. And we can remind each other. It's a good thing about having good friends. We remind each other when we forget. But this is where it is. And once you've kind of seen and facing in the right direction, and the only things you need to remember, basic principles of um, three principles, do no harm, act for the good, and purify the mind. Those are the three basic um safety containers uh, as you're doing practice. As long as you're not intentionally causing harm, then there's a peace inside. And as you act for the good and you get in touch with all the goodness inside, and you see that the more you uh, are conscious, the more you can keep on growing wisdom inside. Those are the only things you need to know and not worry about the timetable. Am I there yet? Am I behind? But just facing in that direction and keep on touching what you know inside. Mm-hmm. And being around good friends that, that help you remember. So anything else in last moments? Yes, here's. 
green light's not on. Am I on? Um, I had an image of um, looking at my feet. I was sitting in a circle on the floor with a group of people that I've been meeting with for several months now. And um, I don't know why looking at my feet brings back the memory, but it does. And the memory is that I realized at that moment, unequivocally, that I belonged to the group. And um, I no longer felt like I had to be on the outside or felt I was separate from people. And the nice thing about remembering that is also, it evoked another memory, which is through the Buddhist practice, I've never ever strongly felt that feeling until I did the Buddhist practice, that I'm part of things and that I'm not separate and that, I don't know, I think of mushrooms and how they're all interconnected underneath and mm. they come and they go and they die, but the infrastructure's there and they're it's a completely one organism kind of thing. Um, and that, yeah. Lovely. And all you had to do was remember looking at your feet. Yeah, my boots. Who my knew? Cool, my cool boots. Uh-huh. Pretty, pretty magical, huh? Isn't that... It's so fascinating. It's just one little thought away to unlock an understanding, I'm connected with all of life. And we all have our own little connectings and rememberings, but when you have touched something meaningful to you, and it can be the the strangest little thing, it could be, you know, uh, a candy bar that... Uh, that you were in the middle of eating and all of a sudden, oh, life is so sweet. You know, who knows? You, know, you just remember that moment and there you are. And you won't have lost it. It's just remembering what's already inside you all along. So I, I would really encourage, one, if you did get in touch with a moment, to... Just hang out with it. When you sit, maybe a few moments to reflect on that trigger for that understanding. And you might just, as my friend did, have a little exercise writing a letter to your future self from your wisest place possible. And if you want to carry it around in your wallet or have it by your night table, Oh, yeah, that's pretty wise. You know, I just forgot. But the more you remember, uh, the more you're connected and the more everybody benefits from being in touch with your own wisdom. So, good luck. Um, are there any, uh, any cards that were filled out? Okay, so we'll just close with a short loving kindness. Just appreciate whatever it is in you that would bring you to come here and spend a Thursday evening in silence and with others sharing the Dharma. Something in you is calling you for that. 
Just appreciate it. It's good. Give it more and more attention and life. And wish yourself well. May I awaken to all the goodness inside and share my love well. And then feeling a connection to everyone else here. And may our coming here together, any good that comes from it, from our shared love of the truth, may it ripple out and be shared with all beings for the benefit of all. May all know their goodness inside. May all remember what they already know and wake up to highest happiness and peace. Thank you very much. Nice to spend the evening with you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.